Yesterday we talked about free agents. The Texans should peace out for them. Well, let's talk about free agents. The Texans should keep in house. And also, Cody and I discuss interesting comments made by Hannah McNair. You are locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Thursday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize pick projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepick.com, promo code locked on. I'm John Hickman, of course, joined by none other than Texans and Houston Rockets beat writer Cody Davis. It's Thursday. We are recording this episode in the morning mm-hmm. because Cody had a late night covering the Houston Rockets, who once again, <laughs> uh, <laughs> talk about agony and pain with that, man. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just where we are right now. Uh, you know, we look at agony and pain. The Texans have been through a lot of agony and pain. Ain't that right, Drew? And um, lately, it does seem like there's been a shift in, you know, the feeling of that organization. Last night, the Houston Texans uh, CEO, Cal McNair, and his wife, Hannah McNair, was at the the Texans, the, the sports. The Houston Awards. Sports Awards. The Houston Sports Award. And I think some interesting comments were made. You know, Landry Locker posted a video uh, of Cal and Hannah McNair talking about the head coaching search and the timetable and and more. Right. And Hannah McNair said, well, we're not going to rush it because if you Mm. rush it, that's how you basically end up in the situation that we did last the last two seasons. And first and foremost, man, I respect the hell out of Hannah McNair hmm. for saying that. I, I got to be honest with you, man. Uh, Cal McNair was doing a lot of the answering during that, you know, a minute and eight second clip. But towards the end, and Hannah McNair here, she just does a great job of just allowing her husband to talk and uh, gazing and stargazing him on, looking at him. But I, I, I like that comment simply because. Um, I, I, I think we speculated here on the show that she is more involved with uh, this franchise now. Um, and, and it does show that, you know, we're not going to get it wrong again, hmm. at least by picking the right candidate. Now, whoever comes to town, they're going to have to figure out how to get those wins and losses, you know, and switch that up for the Houston Texans as the only one with seven games, eight games in the last uh, two, two or three seasons. But again, guys, I respect it because that does show that there is some sort of new leadership or additional leadership in their franchise. And that is what I love most about that clip, because, John, you hit the nail right on the coffin where that is something that I really started to notice during the press conference after the Texans moved on from Lovey Smith. Uh, when I go back to the, the years of David Cully, when I go back to well, the year of David Cully, and when I go back to the year of Lovey Smith, 
I never truly saw Hannah Mae Nair that much in the in front. Now it seems like every single event, especially when Kyle McNair is around, she is right there, which shows to me that she has stepped up to help get this organization back on track. And I get it because with her being the wife of Kyle, she is seeing all of the bad, all of the negative. And of course, you guys already know this. This isn't breaking news. But as of right now, basically since the Texans traded DeAndre Hopkins, this organization has just been the laughing stock of the NFL. And, and, you know, given everything that had went on from, from bad management to players um, signing contracts, not wanting to be here to, you know, the one guy who was actually leading this franchise and was basically just leading them down a path to hell, i.e., you know, there was a, a particular pastor who was doing that. But it just seemed like it was just so much going on to the point where the Houston Texans have just had three years of a bad rap. And I, I got to give credit to Hannah, man. I know behind the scenes she has stepped up to help fix everything. And I love the fact that she said that they they are not going to rush the process. Hink, hink, two of their top candidates are playing against each other this Sunday, the NFC Championship game. Wink, wink. So uh, that could definitely be um, uh, playing to factors into whether or not the Houston Texans are going to or when they're going to make the announcement of their next head coach. But, you know, with this being – arguably, if not the most important offseason in franchise history, especially given that whoever you hire as the next head coach, whether they end up being the best coach in franchise history or arguably the worst coach in franchise history, this is going to be a guy that this organization is going to have to stick to for at least, what, the next three years at most? Yeah, and it gives this team an opportunity to grow. I I think that's when we Mm. look at the downfall of the Texans, in the last two seasons, there hasn't been any real opportunity to grow. There's been so much in and out in terms of head coach, some of the position coaches, right? Uh, front office guys, right? So the foundation of this team has been bad simply because you need consistency in this mm. league, and the Houston Texans have just lacked that. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you are new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from money lines to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Plus, make sure you get your $5. All you have to do is bet $5 and you will win $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash on. Welcome back in Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Cody, again, we talked about the players the Houston Texans should absolutely say no to in free agency in terms of bringing them back and trying to work out a deal. Today is the perfect day to talk about the players that the Houston Texans should absolutely bring back, consider bringing back. And so this, this is a team that didn't have a lot of talent. 
And when you look at hmm. you when you look at a 53-man roster, you know, guys are used for you know a lot of different ways, special teams in terms of kickoff return, uh, punt return, uh, field goals, uh, getting out there for that. But there are some players on this roster that I think, you know, depending on the new head coach, could really use um, – could re- could really service this franchise in another year um, playing for the Texans. And when I take a look at what the Texans should do um, in free agency – the one thing I'm looking at more so is how can they improve the offensive side of the ball, more so the talent, um, because I do believe there's going to be better coaching. And not only that, I do believe that there's going to be a better quarterback. And like I've been mentioning a lot on this show, especially more so when we talk about the offensive line and whether or not how much they should pay to keep Larry Tunsil and Titus Howard, you want to put your quarterbacks in the best situation as possible. And when I take a look at how the Houston Texans can improve their offense, the two guys that I'm looking at, well, three guys actually, but the main two guys that I'm looking at, when you take a look at the tight end core, Yesterday, I said that it was very doable for the Houston Texans to allow O.J. Howard to walk, and that was really due to the great production that we saw out of Jordan Aikens. This is a guy who finished third in receptions on this team, revived his career, and he led the team in touchdowns. And the one thing that I liked about Jordan Aikens, how the way he was able to revise his career, John, I don't know if you remember, but Going back to the 2021 campaign, we talked a lot how Tim Kelly did not use Jordan Aiken's strength as a pass-catching tight end. And when he came back and got with Pep Hamilton, I do want to give Pep Hamilton credit for that because we saw Jordan Aiken's be used more so as a pass-catching tight end versus a blocking tight end. And I love that because... That, that basically helped revise his career. And when you take a look at the fact that how subpar the offensive play calling was, unfortunately due to Pep Hamilton, when you take a look at where this offense can go from the talent to the quarterback to the potential guys that the new head coach is going to have calling the shots on the offensive side of the ball, you can't help but to determine, you can't help but think that the new coaching staff is going to take a look at what Jordan Aikens did. I'm pretty sure Nick Casario is going to have an opportunity to get him back on possibly a one to two year friendly contract. And I do believe that we're going to see a better version of Jordan Aikens. Not only that, and this guy might have been my second favorite offensive weapon, Chris Moore, in my opinion, He was the best wide receiver for the Houston Texans in 2022 because he was the most reliable. Brandon Cus got to the point where you saw him just going out there giving subpar effort because he did not want it to be there. Unfortunately, due to injuries, Nico Collins did not take that huge step like we wanted to see. However, in terms of Chris Moore, this is a guy who finished second in receiving yards. One of his best games of the season came in the near victory against the Dallas Cowboys where he caught 10 balls for 124 yards and the last guy I want, I want to see the Texans keep. And John, I know you're going to be surprised by this, but I do believe, going back to the point I made as to what 
Pep Hamilton was able to do to, to get the best out of Jordan Aikens. I believe the next head coach could do the same and get even better production out of this guy. Are you ready? Jeff Driscoll. I know that name is going to throw everybody off, but when you take a look at what Jeff Driscoll was able to do to close out this season, more so, more so, hear me out, more so as a hybrid quarterback. Over the last, what, six to seven years, we have seen a lot of teams use a hybrid quarterback just to get those additional yards needed for a first down um to help get the get to help get the chain moving. I do believe there is a possibility that if you pair Jeff Driscoll with a better play caller, and remember, even though the shift is gone, if one way or another the Houston Texans revert back to and hire Sean Payton, you know that he's definitely he's one of those offensive minded minded coaches that's definitely gonna be able to utilize the strength of Jeff Driscoll. I know that threw a lot of you people off, but I, I, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Those thoughts of, is of Cody Davis. And of <laughs> Cody so, Davis so you telling home. me, you telling me. Yes, whatever it is. <laughs> what <Yes>. not? <laughs> I'm telling you, yes, Jeff Driscoll should not be on his team. As a hybrid quarterback, team. not as the backup quarterback, as a hybrid. Like we saw him utilize towards the end of last season. You own it hybrid. That's what you own. Do not <laughs> and do and this, I'm gonna plug it. Do not drive high or you get a DUI. Oh my god. Um so yesterday I talked about the linebackers like Neville Hewitt, Kevin Pierre mm -hmm. Lewis. Those players should not be brought back for the Houston Texans next year. I feel like they have an opportunity elsewhere in the league to contribute to another franchise, just not here in Houston, because it hadn't worked out for him. I gotta look at Blake Cashman. Talked about mm -hmm. him as a guy that you know, throughout the year, whenever he had an opportunity to play some good football for the play football for Houston, play some good football, 26 tackles, three sacks. That's a career high for him. Um, and he wasn't utilized a lot during the during the season. But he is a player that when you look at the top two candidates and Jonathan Gannon and D'Amico Ryans, those two teams, they like to blitz and they like to have a good rotation of linebackers. And so I look at him as a player that Houston could, you know, in terms of depth chart-wise, you can at least trust him from the fact that, and again, it's kind of difficult because as we opened up the show, talked about not having consistency with the head coaching. So now this is the third cycle of a new head coach, and now he wants to see who's on his roster and how he wants to fill it out, and I'll get that. I understand it, but I think that, you know, Nick Casario – I believe that he will still have some power, guys. I don't think he's going to be stripped of his power. But he'll be able to evaluate Blake Cashman in terms of how much it costs to bring him back and his impact for the team. Secondly, I had Jordan Aikens, and I think everybody can agree Jordan Aikens should come back. The homie. So let's take a look at Ogbo Okoronkwo. In the last oh. six games of the year, had five sacks. And then I go to the back-to-back -back games against the NFC East. Uh, well, he had seven tackles against the Giants, seven tackles against <clears throat> the Washington Commanders. Listen, I feel like once the year got rolling, because he didn't start the year off strong, but once the year got rolling and we saw Jonathan Gennaro go down and we saw inconsistency at the defensive end play, Ogbo did a very good job of just ending the year off strong. 
uh, a two-sack game against Tennessee, sack against Dallas, sack against Cleveland. I mentioned those uh, seven tackles games that he had against the Giants and the Washington Commanders. I just feel like he's a player that, at the very least, he can add some good depth to your roster. And any team in the NFL will tell you that depth is important. Mainly reason to why the Houston Texans on the offensive side of the ball didn't have explosiveness throughout the year because a lot of times they went to some of those games on the three or four receivers, mm-hmm. right? And so even with those receivers that they had on their roster, the play calling was limited and didn't do a good job of getting them involved. But Houston really lacked depth last year on both sides of the ball at different positions. And now, you know, you mentioned Jeff Driscoll. I'm going to say a player that I think should come back, and that is Scott, Scott Quisenberry. I think that when you look at what Quisenberry was able to do somewhat on the fly after Justin Britt. Well, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I really Unsolved do, mysteries. <laughs> I really do hope everything is okay with Britt. You know, we don't know what's going on with him. You know, don't know if it's medical. Don't know if it's, you know, personal. Don't know anything about that. So I hope Britt is really doing good. And I'm being serious about that. Now to the jokes. Where's uh, uh, Justin Britt, man? Like, he just completely left this team, haven't heard anything about him since week two. But Scott Quisenberry, man, I think that he stepped in, and I think that he has some good moments for the Houston Texans, considering that on the left side of him was a rookie. On the right side of him was 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 A.J. Can, who at times didn't look well throughout the season. And at times, Quisenberry didn't as well. And I believe that the Houston Texans should 100% address the center position this offseason. But, again, this goes back to depth. And it's important for this team to have that moving forward. Another guy I want to add to this list, and I want to get your thoughts about this, um, Jonathan Owens. I think a lot of the guys that we talked about in this segment from Jordan Akins, who could potentially still be your top tight end, um, Scott Quisenberry, who can still be this team's backup center. Um, A lot of these guys, if you bring them back, I think they can benefit from keeping the same role, i.e. Chris Moore. I mean, he's not going to be your your top. You don't want him to be your top one or two receiver. But if you need somebody to help out in the depth, like you just mentioned, um, he can be that type of receiver. When you take a look at Jonathan Owens, I would like to see Jonathan Owens brought back. John, you can let me know if you agree, but I would like to still – I don't want him to reprise his role as, as a starter next to Jalen Petrie, if that makes sense. No, I, know he sense. Had a, I, I know he had a really good season. I mean, he finished the season second in tackles with 125. Um, I think he has done a really good job to be brought back for another season. But like I mentioned, it, it – the Texans, they have to expand their depth. And I think that when you take a look at what Nick Casario and what the safety position is working with heading into this offseason, if they could get a quality starter, basically somebody that could split snaps between him and Jordan and, and um, Jonathan Owens, I think we're going to see that position group elevate even more, which is a good thing given the great production that we saw out of Jalen Peacher throughout his rookie season. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that point up because, you know, um, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, uh, on my man, free agent, Aaron. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but he, 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 you know, he posed a question the other day. <clears throat> if if D'Amico came back, who would you like for him to bring with you? Mm-hmm. And immediately, I think it should be Tyson, Tyson Gibson. 
when we look at Jalen Petrie, who I think is a totally different style of, uh, of safety than a Reed, I think that his companion, companion, excuse me, on the other side should be able to come in and elevate his game as a safety, just like Tyshawn Gibson was able to do for Jordan Reed, just a Reed back in the day. So um, you are right. And again, I liked what Jonathan Owens was able to do. Mm-hmm. You know, good for Houston in terms of tackling, but he does have some cover issues. And I, and I think that, you know, through a full off season of stepping away from that zone, I think that zone really did kind of hinder some of the success this franchise could have had last year on ter- in terms of what they were able to do defensively. I think the zone may have helped him out a little bit more than maybe others, but I want to see Owens back. Owens played some good football, some solid football for the Texans. I believe he should be back, and I do believe that Houston should look at, as you mentioned, upgrading that other safety position or just bringing in somebody that can fill in, you know, maybe – Certain downs, a, a certain mm-hmm. certain certain ways that you want to use them moving forward. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL podcast, bringing you the local insight you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest stories in the NFL. Locked On NFL is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans. And one week after Laramie Tunsil took the first shot at the Houston Rockets game against the Charlotte Hornets, um, he nailed it. Unfortunately, one week later, Derek Stingley Jr. had an opportunity to take the first shot at the Houston Rockets game versus the Washington Wizards. Unfortunately, the Rockets dropped both games, whether it was leading at the halftime and second half just collapsed. But that's not for this show. We're going to save that for another show. But uh, unfortunately, Derek Stingley Jr. Um, did not make his first shot. However, I just wanted to um, talk about Derek Stingley Jr. really quick before we close off the show. Uh, we had an opportunity to speak to him after his first shot um, inside the Toyota Center. Um, Derek Stingley said he is feeling fine. He has already started um improving his play, working on things that he needs to improve on for a better um, sophomore campaign. He is healthy. Remember, um, the Houston Texans did shut him down the rest of the season. I believe he missed the final five games, if I'm not mistaken, due to a hamstring injury. And um, I know a lot of people are kind of down on Derek Stingley as of right now, especially when you take a look at the type of season that Amal Sauce Gardner had. You remember um, going into last year's draft, we had a big debate going on, not not here just in not here just with this show, but all over who who will the Houston Texans take Amal Stingley um, at the time, Stingley was viewed as the better rookie prospect. Ahmad ended up having the best rookie season. However, all is not lost on Derek Stingley Jr. I'm excited to see what the future holds for that young man, especially considering that given the hand that he was dealt. Once again, this was a guy that he played his first full season, I believe. Well, not really a full season, but this was the most game he played since his sophomore season at LSU. Matter of fact, I think it might have been his rookie season, his freshman season at LSU. 
because that following season was the COVID year. And then the year after that, he went down with that devastating foot injury. So, yeah, this was the most game that he played basically since his freshman season at LSU. And the fact that he played in a system that really wasn't tailor-made to his skill set, when you take a look at the fact that the top two candidates for the Houston Texans are defensive-minded coaches, you can't help but to wonder what type of progress Stingley is going to make in his second season, whether the head coach is going to be Jonathan Gannon or D'Amico Ryans at this point. Yeah, that's all good, man, and fine and dandy. But I'm going to stop calling these players young young men. I'm, I'm going to tell you why. I mean, he's 21. I know. We're, we're 30. I know. And <laughs> I just, I just, you know, it's hard, man. You know, I used to watch these guys, even back when we started podcasting, right, before the Locked On Texan days, just – when we started our own podcast back when we had the rundown report, man, we're still kind of the same age, you know, some of these guys. Now we got young men and he's a young guy. I'm like, I'm a young guy too. I'm Every year, the, the 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 rage is getting farther oh, and farther away. Gosh, bro. We talk like like the next time we talk about Bronny James when he becomes a professional NBA player, because it's gonna happen. It's gonna be a huge age gap, and I'm gonna feel old. And oh, uh, what's 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 Archie Manny grandson name? Oh man, that, that's oh, man. A, that's that's another one. Like the, the range is getting farther and farther away. <laughs> this is where we are in life now. This is this is where we are in life. All these laps around the suns, man, just makes it difficult to uh, uh, kind of look at what we call them young men, and they are young men. A lot of these guys are some great young men. Mm-hmm. I just hate feeling like I'm not a young man no more. <laughs> I go to the gym and my knees immediately hurt the minute I step in. Thank you guys for checking out the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texas and like us on Facebook. Also, like we mentioned, you guys have been doing a great job of running those YouTube numbers up. So continue to watch us on YouTube and subscribe as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.